What's going on, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon, and welcome back to The Real Value Exchange. So in this episode, I want to get in the weeds. I want to get tactical. I'm doing this for all my salespeople out there, really. Everybody that's trying to wear multiple hats, this episode is for you because I got a special guest with Kevin. Kevin Lee is the marketing director for Buffer. Now, if you aren't familiar with Buffer, it's, it's personally saved me a gang of time. And just because it allows me to schedule out all my tweets, Instagram posts, LinkedIn videos, whatever I'm up to, I can preset it, then forget it. And that's what Buffer does. So it's pretty simple, but they have all these other features that I'm not even sure how to use. And that's why I wanted to get Kevin on so we can dive into it. And, you know, one of the biggest things that um, that I think that you guys are going to take away from the fact is that, you know, social selling and that's that term that people use that eh, I'm kind of on the fence about, but I get it. Social selling shouldn't be about us trying to pitch our products or service or what we're up to every five seconds. I mean, trust me, I definitely understand going in for it. You got to do that. Otherwise, you know, those bills aren't going to pay themselves. Right. <laughs> but with that said, you know, we have to do more listening on there because most of our clients, our prospects, our customers are, are telling people what they're up to. They're talking about a lot of their pains online. So instead of us trying to pitch online and going on Twitter and going in for like the actual clothes all the time, man, it's a perfect opportunity for us to really try to leverage that tool for us just to shut up and listen. So that's why I'm really excited to have Kevin on because Kevin has some insight about how to best maximize some of these tools. And, you know, I want to I want to figure it out for myself, honestly. And so hopefully you guys enjoy this episode with Kevin Lee from Buffer. It begins like this. And I am privileged today to have a special guest. I have this tool that, I, you know, it's definitely been in my back pocket for the past couple years at least it has saved me i don't know maybe 10 15 hours a week of just trying to manage these different profiles for myself and my company and so i have the guys from buffer on kevin lee is is here with me kevin welcome to the pod yeah thanks so much joe it's awesome to hear we've saved you that much time that's that's a lot of time that's great man man honestly i just think that is so easy just to get lost online. I mean, I can go to Facebook and say, Hey, I'm going to post this and then I'm out. <laughs> right. And what happens? Yeah. Those guys got to figure it out. Those guys are going to have me there for at least five minutes, if not 30. <laughs> right. Yeah. They draw you back in, especially when you're doing it for multiple profiles too. like, yeah, today in today's landscape, you kind of need a tool to manage all that stuff. Exactly, man. That's why I am, um, I am pumped to have you here, man. So you're over the whole marketing department for like buffer, right? Yes, correct. If I'm the director of marketing, there's eight of us plus me on the team. Really cool. Really cool, man. So if you don't mind, it's kind of taking us back. I want to kind of get to know you a little bit and then we're going to talk about Buffer, but and maybe talk about where this whole thing is going for us, because I feel like it's just moving at 200 miles per hour and everybody's trying to catch up. <laughs> and so, yeah, if you don't mind us talking about where'd you grow up, how were you growing up as a kid? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's going way back. I yeah, love it. man, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Start at the beginning. Yep. So uh, I, I'm based in Boise, Idaho, which is one cool part of Buffer. We are a fully remote team. So we um, encourage our teammates to live and work from wherever they're happiest in the world. So the place okay. I'm happiest is here in Boise, Idaho. And I was born and raised about 15 miles from here in a town called Nampa, Idaho. And it's, it's great. Like the town I grew up in was, oh, maybe 20, 30,000 people when I was born and Boise today is around 200,000. So 
kind of small, small towns yeah. compared to other other big cities, but um, I know they get even smaller than that still. So I, I've enjoyed kind of the more rural side of things, I guess. Really cool. Really cool. I mean, so were you more, um, were you a very social kid growing up? Like if it's, if it's a very small town, I'd imagine everybody knows everybody, right? <laughs> they do. Yes. Which has its pros and cons depending on uh, what your personality is like. So I, I was a bit more withdrawn. Um, definitely. I definitely skew more toward the introvert side of the scale. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what was really key for me is that in high school, I found that I could express myself really well through writing. And that was, that was so freeing for me. Like I was, I found my voice in so many ways with that discovery. And so that was kind of the career path I pursued. I went down this, I I went to school for a journalism degree and I was really into newspapers. And then when I pursued that route a little bit and newspapers kind of dried up, I, I went the route of blogging and stuff. So yeah, I think going back to the beginning, like my personality has always been a bit more withdrawn and I appreciate that solitude, but I've loved expressing myself through words and, this, this type of work is great for that. Yeah, it is. I mean, man, I mean, um, I would say that blogging is going to have its time again. I mean, I just feel like everything's going in like, you know, full circle. Right. I mean, but but like medium seems to be a really interesting tool where that that whole tribe, if you're into blogging, man, it's a great platform. And so. So anyway, I'm kind of getting off course here. <laughs> I agree. But, no, that's great. but I mean, um, so you were also into like sports blogging for like a long time. Is that right? You, you work for like SB Nation. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. You did your homework. Talk right. about <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, Boise State is the, the biggest school and biggest kind of sports entity in Idaho. And so I've, I've been a big Boise State football fan for a long time. And after I graduated from college, I had a couple of odd jobs. It was right around that time when newspapers were going through this big transition of, you know, kind of losing some readership and not really sure what the future held. And so I got out of, I had my journalism degree, but I got out of newspaper business and was kind of looking for, looking for my next opportunity. And within the course of that, just doing these odd jobs, I found that I really needed a creative outlet to get, get things out there, to, to create, to ship, to do stuff. So I started this very snarky sports blog and it was great and fun. And I just had a blast. It is really, I, I, I refer to it as my sandbox because I learned so much about digital marketing. I learned so much about content marketing just by having this silly sports blog that I could experiment with and, and mess things up and start from scratch and grow all on my own. And it was, it was great. Like I wouldn't be where I am today without having had that experience. I don't think. Really cool, man. Really cool. I mean, and so what was the worst odd job that you had since you just brought it up? <laughs> just curious now. <laughs> yeah. It, it might be the oddest job. It, it was by no means the worst one. Cause I, I quite loved it, but I worked at a, a veterinary hospital for a couple ah. of years. And I would admit the pets and take their temperatures and weigh them. And I would give medications, like everything except for the veterinary stuff. I would, I would do everything up until that point. And I loved it. It was, it was very far removed from what I'm doing today, but um, it was, it was really entertaining work. Really cool. Well, well, man, um, you had this saying that I think just really, really speaks to how we have to operate online and it's around being genuine and then give like just openly. Right. And so if you kind of think about that, I mean, what's some of the things that you see online right now that are just like killing for people where it's like people are just opening up. If you don't, you know, if you have any use cases or any um, people that you're kind of following, I should say that are like doing really well at that. Yeah, I think it's great. The, the quote that comes to mind is, I think is give freely. 
and it's a wonderful thought. The, the initial quote came from um, this idea of writer's block, where you get blocked on something. Um, and it's not that you're blocked, it's that you need to get everything out and so you can refill yourself. And I think that's one of the ideas that I love is, is give, give freely, there will always be more. So once it's out there, some other, something else great is going to come to replace it with, and you always have this, this neat stuff to post. I, I think what I've observed recently on the marketing side is that there have been a lot of maybe cultural movements would be a good way of describing it in this broader spectrum. And I think a lot of brands have embraced that in some unique ways, just reflecting back on like the Super Bowl commercials. And there were some, some cool things that people did to embrace something, especially that's, that speaks to me is this idea of inclusivity and making sure that everyone feels welcome to and encouraged to be their self. And that's something that's key to us at Buffer as, as a, as a company. And I've loved following some brands that have done this really well. Also, I think there's, you know, it's, it's hard to tie that connection to like, like a car brand is being inclusive and um, a detergent is being inclusive. But I, I think it's, it's really awesome to see people use such a big platform to get across such an important message. And that stuff just, uh, just really resonates with me. Really cool. Really cool. And you know what? I'm seeing a lot of brands try it though, which is nice, which is yes. like where you see people, you know, even though it might not be right um, up the alley of their actual product or service, but just the fact that they're trying to let their audience know that this is for everybody. And I think that's a really, a really smart play and it's a really good play just overall. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, man. So let's, let's just kind of dive into buffer here a little bit because you guys just give away all your actual numbers online. I was looking at this on LinkedIn and you guys just kind of share everything that pretty much is happening from month to month. Is that, I mean, um, is that, that's not the norm that I see from most companies. <laughs> it's not the norm, but wouldn't it be great if it was? <laughs> that's kind of the, that's kind of what we would love to see. Yeah. We, we are fully transparent. We share everything. Um, all of our team salaries are online. If you want to look at those, all of our <laughs> company metrics are online. If you want to see how we're doing. Yeah. It's all out there. Wow. Well, I mean, um, why that stance? Yeah, there's a couple, a couple of key reasons. I think one that speaks to me a lot is that we want to share so that others can learn how we do it and learn from our successes, our failures. I think there's this neat community aspect to being as transparent as possible and this neat element of wanting to help other people. So that's, that's one of the key things for us on the marketing side of why we do it. A lot of our content on our blog is about the experiments that we're trying and what's working and what's not. When it comes to, so I guess, salary transparency, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, that one is is done for many reasons. And one of the ones I, I think is great is just to show other companies that there are different ways to think about compensation and fairness and all those different factors that go into those compensation conversations. So we we're proud to be able to share what we have, what we're doing in hopes that it might inspire others. And then I think internally, transparency is great. Like we have all of our emails are transparent across the company. So if, if an engineer is emailing a person in customer support, I can see that email. And oh my goodness, that was, that was mind blowing for me when I started. And it has been so key for me advancing in my career because I've been able to piece together all this different context from other areas and really grow my knowledge of the company and how it works. And transparency like that within the company is great because it engenders trust between us. It's great context sharing so we can move faster on making decisions. And then being a remote team, it just magnifies that communication to a great degree. So we're all on the same page. So uh, lots, lots of good reasons to choose from why we love transparency. Absolutely, man. I mean, especially with so much, you know, data just flying around online and nobody's really sure exactly 
what's authentic and are these numbers real? And I mean, but the fact that you guys put them out there is like, wow, that's, that speaks volumes. Right. I mean, and so having that, you know, having that open, um, honest conversation with, you know, all your actual followers, I think is just really gives us this opportunity just to kind of buy into you guys even more. I know, I mean, like, as I was seeing it, I'm like, wow, I hope that you guys actually do better next month. Thank you know, you. I was trying to root yeah. for you. So, I mean, I have no reason to kind of cancel my subscription. <laughs> Just thinking about from a practical standpoint here. I appreciate that. Yeah, there's um, there's a neat brand element to it, which is not not the reason we do it, but it has a, a neat association. Um, yeah, it ties our community closer to us. It creates this bond. It helps people feel connected to us to a great degree. So it's it's been great. Really cool. All right. So let's kind of get like in the weeds of Buffer. So if you don't mind just kind of telling the actual audience a little bit about Buffer. I mean, because I've been using it for like two years, but I probably don't even know everything that you guys are up to. I'm sure (laughs) I don't. So if you don't mind, just kind of going into an overall overview of what the platform is about. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting because the platform exists one way today and we're transitioning to a different Hmm. different look in in the coming months. So um, I guess the best way to describe it is Buffer is a social media management platform. And there's a couple specific ways that that might look for you if you're a marketer. So we have some really robust content publishing features. Um, the, the basic one is scheduling. So you can schedule your social media posts to go out at the optimal times. We have kind of a queue system where you can create all your content at once, put it into Buffer, and then Buffer runs off of this schedule that either you can create or we can um, add times for you. And those t- and your content will then go out at those times. You don't have to be around to push that content out each and every moment. So that's one of the that's probably the, the foundational use case of Buffer that has gone way back in time. We've since added some cool features on top of that. So we have some pretty robust analytics that come with the product now, which are great. We have this feature called a content inbox, which allows you to kind of pull in RSS feeds from different blogs so that you can, let's say you have a personal blog, you don't have to go out to your website and buffer a link. It's all within the buffer dashboard. So you can just grab it from there. And probably has it been two years ago, a year and a half ago, we acquired a tool called Respondly. And then we have since rebranded it to be called Reply. And it does social media engagement. So all of the conversations, all the replies, all the direct messages from Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are pulled into Reply. And you can manage all those conversations from one central inbox, which is pretty slick. Hands down. That's why it saves me at least five hours a week. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, because yeah. if you have more than, you know, two or three accounts, I mean, it's, it's difficult trying to get back to everybody in like a pretty good timely response. And then, you know, on top of that, you want to constantly have things going out. And, um, you know, I really want to talk about some of these best practices as well. So mm-hmm. um, like, what's a good amount of, you know, um, accounts that you could see one person just trying to manage if they have like a full-time, you know, gig, basically, if they, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. It's, it's interesting. Some of our biggest, we have some agencies that use Buffer and they have, I mean, they have hundreds of accounts in Buffer. It is, it is amazing <laughs> to look at their dashboard sometimes. If you are one person and social media is one of many things you are doing, I, I think two or three is probably the max from, from my side. Probably two if you're a personal brand. You can have, what we recommend is that you have, you reserve your profile in every network and you have like a general like look and feel that's consistent across every, every profile, but you're, you're maybe actively using just one or two at most. 
the other ones you can post to maybe, you know, once every couple months, even if you want to, and you can schedule those within buffer. But in terms of like active daily or weekly content, typically one or two is the most, the most that makes sense when you're doing social plus so much else, you can get really deep into those two networks. Hopefully they're networks where your audience is and you can, yeah, you can make the most of that and use the rest of your time for, for other things. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, um, at like one point I was trying to run like five and I'm like, nah, no way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're talking about best practices. Like some people run five and it's the same message on all five networks, yeah. which, which works. That's great. You get content out there. But what we found is that you really have to customize your message per network now. So you can't post the exact same text to Twitter as you would to Facebook. It's, it works better to custom write each of those messages. And you know, that takes time when you're doing it for five different networks. So yeah winnowing that down could be really useful. Yeah, agreed. And so here's the age old question that I told myself I would stop asking people, but <laughs> when it comes to um, quantity versus quality, what's your thoughts on that? As far well, as um, the, content? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the right answer is probably quality. So I, I would like that to be my answer, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give a bit more, a bit more fleshed out answer too. I think that Maybe, maybe if I can add a third element, I think consistency is one that's really, we found to be really important for social media. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to have a high quality with everything that you do, but you also want to be able to, to share this high quality content on a consistent basis. So it's not just that you're doing a high quality thing whenever you have the time and energy to do a high quality thing. It's that you're planning to do a high quality thing every Monday by 11 o'clock and you can, I mean, you can do it. You can write five quality things today and schedule them out in buffer for the next five Mondays if you want to. Um, but it's that that cadence that you're trying to create on social media that can that can become really key. And then if you're doing high quality content, it's just going to look better and better as you build that cadence, as you build that expectation from your audience that yeah, there's there's something high quality coming up in just a little bit from from Joe or from Kevin or from whoever. Very true. Very true. I like that, man. And you know, um, so. This whole podcast is mainly for like sales and marketing people and even some, um, you know, very small businesses. But like if you think about whenever you're trying to roll out all your different actual content, um, what amount of time do you think people should really spend like really trying to go in for the sale? I have some friends who do it like every week and they're, you know, putting out tons of content. And then once a week they'll go in that, you know, ask for that meeting or just ask for that deal, whatever it may be. And then I see some people who don't do it maybe once or twice a year. Have you seen any type of analytics that would say, yeah, you should definitely do it, you know, going for that hard ask or going for that meeting more regular than like not? I'm just kind of yeah. my brain for my own personal question. <laughs> I'm asking myself that, here. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I, I have a couple of thoughts on using social media for sales too. So maybe I can ask you that in yeah. a second. Um, what, what we found to work really well is to have some established ratios with the way that you post to social media. So one of my favorites is a four, one, one ratio. And basically you have four pieces of content that are other people's content. So you're linking out to blog posts or you're mentioning something cool that someone else is doing. You have one piece of content that is kind of your own thing. So maybe a blog post you've written or something um, a bit more self-promotional. And then you have one piece of content that is a bit more sales focused, a bit more conversion focused. So out of every six messages, it doesn't always have to be four and then one and then one, but out of every six, one of those six is going to be sales. And then out of the next six, one of those six is going to be sales. So having kind of a set, a set ratio like that 
typically has, it at least helps you keep those, those things in a bit of balance, I guess I'd say. Love that ratio, man. I mean, because you know what, if you can try to find a way to kind of curate, man, that can make your life so much easier. If you can just try to, you know, more so just trying to build relationships by like sharing other people's information is great. So I really like that answer. The nice thing about curation too, is it, it, I I believe it makes you somewhat of a thought leader. And so if you know what you're trying to sell, if you want to be a thought leader in that space, you can curate some really awesome content. And so when the time does come to sell people know and respect you as an expert in that field. So hopefully, hopefully it makes the sale a bit easier. Definitely will. I mean, I mean, um, you know, I've been doing sales now for about the past eight years. And prior to that, I was like this uh, personal trainer, but I learned from like personal training that people want to know that they're working with somebody that actually knows what they're doing. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. that simple. You don't want to just have training from somebody who's just like, oh, yeah, just got the certification last week. Let's go experiment. You want someone <laughs> you want somebody that has some proven, you know, actionable real life results. So. So absolutely really cool. Yeah, well, I was going to, I was going to ask you, Joe, do you find a lot of success selling on social media? Cause that's something we've been trying to figure out recently at Buffer, how, how effective social media can be for that kind of thing. So I believe that there's some micro things that you can do closing deals. Absolutely not. Um, asking for meetings and obviously just watching, I mean, just sitting and observing what my um, prospects and clients are really talking about watching what they're into just trying to follow those stories. I think that's some of the biggest um, insights I've gotten to that will actually lead to brand new business. One of the, one of the biggest takeaways about sales is the fact that I think a lot of times we kind of miss it and we drop the ball because we're always trying to pitch and we're always trying to talk over people. But the biggest thing that um, I've gained is just by, is, is just really by listening listening and watching my clients online, seeing what they're interested in and then giving them information that's going to add value towards the actual business and then asking for meetings, obviously. So asking for meetings is a big deal on social, but that's about as far as I get with um, trying to close any business. Message that's designed to convert. You can't convert until you have that relationship. Exactly. Especially especially on social media. 1000% man. And so I have a couple more questions for you and we're almost done here. This has been really good. You know, I mean, this is really good. Like, content for everyone as well, I believe, because a lot of us are kind of in the weeds every day. And we're like, all right, how much time should I be doing this and that? Um, but there's a couple of new platforms out there like Anchor. And, you know, I think that uh, I think that Snapchat has like a brand new look to it. Are you guys having any plans to kind of roll out some brand new social media platforms coming in? Like <laughs> maybe Vera or anything you want to try to yeah, get a soft some, release? <laughs> make some announcements. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. No, I... I don't think Anchor or Snapchat are in our immediate plans. Um, one that we probably the one that we talk the most about that we do not yet support is YouTube, mm. and that one's had an interesting history at Buffer just because I don't know. Like when I started, YouTube as a social network just I mean that didn't I, I, I didn't I didn't know where to put it in that in that bucket. It's like does that does it belong there? Is it something else? And so I think we've we've noticed that YouTube has become a really key piece of a lot of small business marketing plans, and so we want to see. Just to kind of explore like what what buffer support of that would look like. I think when it comes to stuff like Anchor and Snapchat, the way that we at Buffer kind of view the way that we support it is we will experiment with it and write about it on the blog and hopefully give you all some good tips on how to make the most of it. But uh, probably not <laughs> probably not scheduling it in the product for for a couple more years at least. Totally get it. Totally get it. Well, man, this is this is my very last question. I try to ask everybody this because uh, it's kind of personal to me here. 
Um, I live by this whole motto called the 3G motto, and it's, uh, it's basically growth, grit, and give. And so if you had to put those in order, how would you do it and why? And that's growth, grit, and give. Oh, okay. Well, given my motto is give freely, I will put give first. Grit is such a good one. Um, I'll do give first. I'll do growth second. And I'll do grit third. I like that. Do I need to explain that at all? Or yeah, please, that, please. <laughs> am I off in. No, no, no um, way. You aren't off yet. <laughs> Close. <laughs> yeah, well, g- giving's great. Like that's that's very central to kind of the the person I want to aspire to be. Um, growth has been a really key one for me personally. I think it's it's something that, like I, as I mentioned, that like growing up in Idaho, I didn't, I never would have imagined I would have this this type of job, like working at a tech startup remotely from my home. Like it's, it's, was completely out of the realm of possibility for me. And so it's, it's been really cool to reflect on how lucky I was to have the, to receive the opportunities I have received. And then once I've received those opportunities to make the most of them. And that's, that's why growth and grit are a bit hard for me to separate in my mind because I I wouldn't have grown if I hadn't have had a bit of grit for myself. Like I, I had to put in some hours. I had to, um, kind of bide my time a little bit too. When I first applied at buffer, I didn't get in. I, I had to go back to the drawing board and improve my skills so that I had a better chance the next time. So those things are really close to me. I think growth is one that I, I tend to really associate with having that growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And so I think that's, that's the only reason I would put it ahead of grit. I haven't heard any catchy sayings about grit yet that I, <laughs> that I haven't <laughs> stimulated into my life. So, um, but this is great. Yeah. Those are, those are excellent three G's. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how I'd see them for myself. Love that, man. Well, you know what, man? Please tell everybody how to find you online. And if you can give them just like some basic overviews about Buffer, where they can, you know, maybe have like a seven-day trial or whatnot. Yeah, for sure. So um, like you mentioned, Joe, my name is Kevin Lee, and it's K-E-V-A-N-L-E-E. And that is my handle on most social media sites. You can catch me on Twitter at Kevin Lee. LinkedIn, you can search me, Kevin Lee. I try to respond the best I can there. I also have a website, which is Kevin Lee dot com. And there's a cool newsletter list there that I'd love to have you all subscribe to. And then when it comes to Buffer, we'd love for you to check out Buffer. We have, uh, we have a free product that you can, that is free forever. So you're welcome to just keep that and play around with it as much as you want. It's at buffer.com. That's B U F F E R.com. We also have some paid plans if you want to get a bit more functionality or if you're using it at a pretty big scale. And if you want to find some social media resources and help, we have a really cool blog it is at blog.bufferapp.com. And uh, I write for that blog sometimes. We have several other great writers who share a lot of wisdom there. Well, Kevin, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time, man. And everybody, please go check out Buffer. And so as you can tell, Kevin's a very down to guy. And I really like the fact that Buffer is so transparent with everything that they're up to. So check out Buffer for yourself. See if it makes sense. They are not one of my show sponsors. We should definitely talk about that, Kevin. I'll be hitting you up later. <laughs> but with that said, it's an awesome tool. It saved me a lot of time throughout this whole uh, you know, sales journey of mine. And so with that said, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Real Value Exchange. And the goal here is to turn sales transactions into empowering moments. Until next time, be great.